Hello and welcome to episode 66 of Force Time. My name is Travis and today I have a special guest with me. Back again is Abby from Star Wars Parallels. Abby, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Always love being on. It's always fun. So you've been on, this is your third time being on, but technically fourth episode because the first one was split into two so you're a part of the four timers club now and next time you get a nice gold jacket to signify that you're um in the five five timers club oh, so just yes. look forward to that <laughs> and this is a special episode episode 66 i wish it tied more in to order 66 but it does kind of right the bad batch has a lot to do with order 66 and i think that's going to get brought up a little bit when we get into this discussion because today we're talking all about bad batch we're four episodes in things are starting to get get crazy things are really fun i'm so glad that this group is back i mean just from that first episode and hearing the theme and just having them back on our screens was so much fun so i'm so excited that you're here to talk about this with me so let's go ahead let's get right into it how are you feeling about the first four episodes overall reactions a lot of reactions out there in the world how are you feeling about this show so far i'm loving it so far and i think because every episode so far has either had a nod to the Clone Wars or just some kind of little, like, nostalgic, I guess, like, relation to the prequels or the Clone Wars. And as, like, a prequel kid and a Clone Wars kid, that's what you want to see. And I think even though The Bad Batch is new, it's so made for, like, the kids that grew up on the Clone Wars. So I am very happy with what we're seeing. I am too. What what were your what did, what did you have in mind like coming into the season? What were your expectations for this show coming off of what we saw in season one? Cody, number one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Cody and Rex. I think even some more development into the rebellion because do we know? For sure, I feel like I should know this, but do we know like how many years we we are? Like on the timeline, are we still in the first year after Revenge of the Sith? Is that is this where it's set? It it seems like it is because where we left off wasn't too far off of Order sixty six, and then the major like time stamp that they gave us was Crosshair in Episode three where he said that he had been out with, you know, his injury or, or whatever for 32 rotations. So we're only a month after season one. So we're, we are still pretty, pretty close to that. So yeah, I think, I don't think we're too far removed from Revenge of the Sith timeline. It still makes me scared though, because it's like, you know, when we get into full blown empire era, like there are no clones, which terrifies me because they're still they're still in action and they've still got their ranks and they still know, all know each other. And it just makes me a little bit terrified to wonder how they make that full transition because it's in the works, but it just feels like it's slowly getting closer and closer and closer. And I don't, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. I feel you there. And again, in episode three, they gave us that little line where the two clones are sitting at the table before crosshair gets there and one of them says i hope the defense 
recruitment act doesn't pass for our sake. So it's like there's a bill going into law for more recruitment of non-clones to be in the empire and yeah you're right they're they're shoving those other clones away and especially with how they are discussing how some clones are questioning the order and starting to defect and yeah it is very worrisome because there's as we've seen a ton of clones and it's like Mm -hmm. what happens how how are they not the troopers so that's a good point i i hadn't thought too deeply on that only because it is terrifying <laughs> to see like how it makes that how it makes that jump but it it's uh the first four episodes i think right from the beginning that first scene was so star wars where they're on the beach getting chased by these giant like crab things and you're thrown right into the middle of a story like every star wars property we get you're just thrown into this story. And of course we know these clones, we know Omega, we know their story, but it was just so fun getting back into it and hearing that theme. I still think the Bad Batch theme is one of the best themes in all of Star Wars. It just gets me so excited for this show, hearing it right off the bat. And yeah, I didn't have a lot of expectations coming into it other than to just like have fun with it. Andor was so heavy like super heavy (laughs) and very thought-provoking and very uh like the episodes were long there was 12 really long episodes and it was it was like in the dirt on all this stuff so it's nice to get back to like fun adventure clones animation i'm just i'm really excited that that they're back for sure yes i will say as you mentioned the theme there's been little moments where it's not on the Bad Batch, but on other clones. And I think it happened with Cody. I'll need to confirm. But you hear like the Clone Wars, the clones theme, but it doesn't it doesn't finish. Like you hear like the first little bit of it, but it never follows through. And I'm just like waiting until we get like that full theme because we're just being teased with this theme, how it only goes like a little bit and then you're like, oh, it's going to happen, it's going to happen and then it doesn't happen and I just need it to happen because they're just teasing us at this point. That's incredible. I didn't even notice that, but now when I go back and watch, I'm going to have to listen for that because that is so cool and I love just when they slow the theme down Mm -hmm. too and probably subconsciously, like I, I noticed that, but I hadn't thought about it and that's incredible. The music in this in this show and the animation is just so good. Like they didn't have to go that hard on either of those things, but they are going all in. I mean, they're not leaving any stone unturned. I mean, they are really going for it with this show in all aspects. And I just really appreciate that because Star Wars animation is just top tier. So let's talk Omega. Let's start with Omega. We saw Omega in season one, trying to find her place really in the world. And at the end of season one, it was like she found her family with the Bad Batch. And she had some really touching moments in season one. She had some really adventurous moments, some heroic moments. And right away this season it's already like she is back to being 
part of the crew. She is learning her ships. They're really treating her as their like military child <laughs> because they don't know any other way and Omega doesn't know any other way. But in the first couple episodes, we see it questioned by his name is Roman and he is the man on Ser- Serrano where he kind of helps them out and he's part of that planet that was taken over by Dooku and kind of pillaged and everything. And he sees Omega, a child, and calls it out that she doesn't even know what a toy is. And me and you talked a lot about Jedi children needing their parents, and maybe that was a major issue of how the Jedi did things. And it seems like it's the exact same thing, just more on the like non-Force user military side. And they're really setting it up to be like, no, she needs to just be a kid, but do you think she'll really get that chance? Do you think she wants that chance, you know, to just be a kid? It's it, She's so far removed from everything that, you know, when he handed her that toy at the end of that episode, it was like, where's this going to go? What are your feelings on that? I mean, yeah, it's a difficult one because she hasn't really had a chance to be a kid. And being a clone, you're aging, or the number of your age is quicker than, I guess, how old you are, like, emotionally. But, yeah, she hasn't, she doesn't know what it's like to be a kid. And I do like how the Bad Batch and Omega are, like, developing as a team. Like, neither of them really know what they're doing, but they're kind of figuring it out together. And I think... If you look at the whole picture, I mean, they're doing jobs for Sid because they want to give Omega a future, but then it's complicated in so many other ways because you've got like this looming empire where, you know, she probably won't even be able to get to be a kid because there is like this looming war that's going to come. And it's such a theme that happens in Star Wars. Like even Leia, like she didn't really get to be a kid because the, like the, the political environment and the social environment just takes that opportunity away from them so it's it's hard to say like if she'll get that opportunity and I think because they do have so many like external pressures that's where it makes their like family dynamic stronger and when they do get to be kids it's when they do have like that family that family bond I guess the Bad Batch is in such a weird position because you're right. They don't really know what they're doing. Tech and Echo especially are like, we should be doing more to help people. And But at the same time, it's like, also, it would be nice to have a huge score and be able to just go somewhere and not worry about anything, especially for Omega's sake. But it's extra interesting because us as the audience we want them to be the heroes right and we want them to do really big heroic things join the rebellion do all this stuff but where does that leave omega obviously yeah it'd be really cool if a kid was i mean we we see Enfys nest is super young and solo right she's doing huge things mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like that's kind of 
wrong too to like want a kid to be this like heroic like war figure you know but we've seen it over and over and over in star wars padme was what 14 as the queen and you know so all these kids have done big things so i kind of see it like both ways i want omega to be this big hero because i think she definitely has that in her and there's even a i don't think it's been in any of the episodes yet but it's in like one of the trailers or the teasers where they call out that she has like a heightened senses or something. It's almost like kind of how Hunter is like, she has something and they haven't really explored that yet too. So it's kind of trying to figure out what is that something, but I just, I don't know. I love Omega because she's the heart of the show and she grounds the bad batch because if they didn't have her, especially in season one, they would have just been warriors going off doing these crazy missions but they kind of she kind of grounded them in a way that is is so interesting to see these like badass clones with these heightened senses like have a heart now too that they never had before but they have that because of omega which is just endlessly fascinating to me yeah i love that she's as you said like she's given them a purpose almost because you're right. I never thought about it that way. Like, what would they be doing if they didn't have Omega? Like, you you wonder if they would stay in the fight or if they wouldn't. Because even though they do have Omega now, like, you're right. Like, Echo thinks that they should be in the bigger fight regardless of who's with them. And I think Omega's heart, like, I think she wants to fight. But I think it's also that, like, childlike aspect of her where she wants to show people that she can she's capable and she can do well and she wants to like not feel like a burden on them but at the same time it's like she shouldn't have to feel that way so it's it's hard it's hard finding the fine line she's so cute she's like no we can't leave we have to finish the mission we have to get this war chest and she goes off on her own to do this stuff but it's like no like, you don't have to do that but she does feel like a burden because she you know she heard that conversation between echo and hunter and put her in a weird situation where yeah she didn't want to be this big burden but i'm glad that they're having these conversations too and we get to see those conversations because really with the bad batch like i said it's pretty light for the most part and it's not super large scale but it's like 75% action and adventure and doing these really cool missions and quests and everything but then we do get those moments those like small moments between omega and the bad batch or just between the bad batch themselves and yeah i don't know it's it's something that before the show started in season one, I remember thinking to myself, and I know I said it on the show, like after we saw their arc in the Clone Wars, like, oh, that'd be cool to see their story explored in a comic or in a book or something like that. And then they announced, announced a whole series about it. I was like, oh, okay, like I'll take it. I'm going to take any new Star Wars that I can get. And then now we're sitting here so connected to these clones and these uh and to omega is just it's just really cool i don't know omega was such a it was one of those characters too that we didn't really know about until the season started going in season one we're like oh she's gonna play a major part and she's central to this entire story and yeah i'm just really glad she's part of the star wars universe let's move on to a darker topic crosshair (laughs) so so 
So we get Crosshair in episode three, and we go from this like very adventure story where they have to steal this stuff and, and they, they kind of fail at it. And then we go, you know, it's kind of fun, lighthearted for the most part. It is serious and they get into some trouble, but then we go to episode three and we totally shift gears. We go away from the majority of the bad batch. And now we go back to crosshair, which I think is another really cool aspect of this show is that it's kind of like the clone wars, right? It's, it's in arcs where we spend different times with different characters. The bad batch, technically there's, if you still want to count crosshair, what there's six now with crosshair, Omega, echo tech wrecker hunter. And we get to spend some time with each of them. So they're not all going to be in every episode, which I think is, is so cool, but we get crosshair at the end of season one, how did you think Crosshair's story was going to go? Because I remember halfway through season one thinking, I really want Crosshair to turn back and be good and like, you know, go with the Bad Batch and like be on the right side. And then you go deeper and see some of the stuff that he does like, oh, maybe I don't. But then at the end of the season that, you know, him and Omega have this story together and it's like, ah, oh, I really want that again. And then we get him in episode three and you're like, no, I don't care about like, he's, he's just a jerk. He's terrible. (laughs) How are you feeling about Crosshair going from the end of season one and what we saw there versus now seeing what he did in episode three? He he's giving Kylo Ren in a way because he just doesn't know if he's coming or going. Honestly, he's not yeah. like <laughs> yeah. he's real. I was the same. I was like, oh yep, yep. He's he's definitely going to redeem himself. But then I was like, what are you doing? Like you have yeah. no soul. Yeah. <laughs> I think at the at the end of season one, I thought maybe he would go off by himself, um, and maybe. I don't know, work himself out that way. But no, he, after 32 rotations of isolation, <laughs> he is still not convinced that the Empire doesn't care for him. Because, I mean, the the Empire, like the Republic doesn't, like the Jedi never treated the clones as disposable, but the Empire does. And he just doesn't want to, he doesn't want to see that. But then you're right, you're, confronted by the these moments where the camera just lingers on his face and he's like you can tell he's internally struggling with something but I just don't know how he's gonna come through I know a lot of people don't want him to be redeemed because the redemption arc is such a big one in Star Wars but like you and I eat it up because who doesn't want to be redeemed? You know what I mean? Like, come on, like we love the heroes, but I mean, it would be interesting if he didn't and maybe, I don't know. I think when I watched season one, I think maybe I thought he would sacrifice himself for their escape because I mean, we've seen it before. Sometimes people who are like so hardcore empire are willing to die with the empire and um, they know like they've they've got no way out so they'd rather die than n- not serve anyone else like the hardcore empire and i could see him going down that that path but i don't know he's a confusing one he he really doesn't know what he's doing and i don't know what he's doing so i'm going to be i'm going to be surprised to see how it unfolds I was so mad at the end of episode three when he shot Tani, I think her name was Tani Ames, and 
I struggled with it in season one a little bit after that, you know, they were at that camp and he basically ordered the, everybody to just like take, just take all those villagers out. Obviously terrible. And we see that and it's fiction and Kylo Ren did bad stuff, but we still wanted him. Right. But now it's, I don't know. It's, it, it would be super interesting. And the thing with Crosshair is that I think we're so wired, like you said, in Star Wars to want that redemption that it doesn't even matter who it is sometimes. Like there's some characters that were just like, okay, he's, he's terrible. Like in Andor, right? With, with Cyril in Andor, it's like, we hate that guy. Everybody knows he's the worst. We don't, nobody wants him. Like he's, he's terrible. He's awful. But for the most part, like almost every villain, you're like, ah, come on. Like we, we want you to, and you, we want you to be with your brothers. You were with the bad batch. Like you were with these guys and you went on all these missions with them. The thing about Crosshair though, is that he was always a jerk. So like, I look at myself and be like, why do I, care about that character is because i'm so tuned into star wars that i'm like no that's just how it sh- that's just how it goes like everyone's good you know everyone can be good in the end but crosshair was always like that even in that first arc where we see them in the clone wars he was a jerk he was he was the outlier and like he didn't get along with the other ones and he was just kind of there to do his job and so when he went like full empire in season one of the bad batch I was like oh well, that that makes sense he he was a jerk but you're still like there's these little tiny moments where you're just like come on man like get it together but then in this one it was i'm glad that they contrasted him with with commander cody i thought that was a really cool dynamic to have those two specifically together but yeah i don't know where he goes for me i feel like it would be really cool if he did just if he just was the villain he was the big bad villain of the show you know like rampart obviously another character that we just he's awful we've hated him from the beginning but maybe crosshair takes up a command and he leads a battalion or he does whatever and just goes down with the empire and i think that would be really cool as well because yeah i'm i've i've gone back and forth so much and coming into this season i was like okay come on crosshair like come on and then after that episode i'm like it's it's done i i don't even know where to where to go from here i don't know why i'm defending you anymore crosshair <laughs> yeah it's it's a hard one because i think when you see the people in star wars who have been redeemed it's because they do long for i guess connection with other people but you're right like even when crosshair is with his brothers like he is kind of like the the ugly duckling, I guess he's like happy to operate by himself, but at the same time, like he was still part of their crew. So I think he's kind of torn between like, Oh, I love being an introvert, but at the same time I was used to having guys around and now they're not around. Um, that is a really, really basic evaluation of what could be going on in his mind. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't the heart of the group. He was definitely like, loner but you know as a clone you you do have your brothers and you do have that family so we'll see whether he adjusts to the i guess the separateness of the empire or not yeah that conversation with commander cody where cody basically leaves the conversation before they go 
to the other planet to do their their mission and cody leaves the conversation with good soldiers follow orders right and but before that they're talking about like yeah some clones are starting to question it and they talk about the bad batch a little bit and that conversation they have it in front of this clone memorial which i thought was so cool and we looked it up we talked about this before we recorded because we're like trying to figure out have we seen this before it was shown in the clone wars for a couple episodes uh not really talked about but it was really cool to see this memorial and to have these two clones have this specific conversation in front of that memorial because they're clearly going down two different sides commander cody clearly was affected by the chip and went after obi-wan who he had worked for for years right and we see that in revenge of the sith but now it's like the effects of that are they starting to fade and then at the end of the episode we see that commander cody went awol and he's gone which i was so excited for and what were your reactions to that because i know you said coming into the season like you really wanted to see cody and then we get him in episode three and his story i feel like it's just beginning well, it's funny that you say it was just beginning because I, for a split second, when Brampot was like, oh, Cody, oh, I thought he was just going to downright be like, oh, he he's dead. Like, I thought they, like, for a split second, because he yeah. was saying it so casually, and I was like, no, 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 please. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he's gone AWOL, so that's, we're good, we're good. Um, but <laughs> it's interesting you, how you said about, like, the chips effects may be wearing off which is totally acceptable because i mean the clones were made for a reason and they've executed their that reason like it's done and now they are in that period of like okay they're going to be phased out and you're right like if they've executed what they were made for then I mean, yeah, the, th- the the chips could wear off, I guess. Um, and especially if it was just for, like, if it was just, like, if the inhibitor chip was for one task, they still have everything else that has gone on. Like, Cody still has to, like, continue on with his life. That's not going to take up all of his time is, like, executing Order 66. I mean, he has other things going on. And so I suppose yeah, he's had time to think about it and time to reflect. And he's probably been like, wait, what the hell just went on there? Like, what, what is happening? Um, but yes, we are so excited that he is off and I just need him to be with Rex now and we can sleep peacefully. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think with Commander Cody, Star Wars loves, we've seen it in The Mandalorian. We saw it in Obi-Wan Kenobi. We, we've seen it in all these shows. They love cameos from major characters, from really big characters. Season one of The Bad Batch, we got Hera, which was pretty major. We get a young Hera. Like, that was really cool. Kind of wasn't expecting that. With Commander Cody, is there a chance that we could see Obi-Wan in this show? Now, the timeline is, right, we're still pretty close to Revenge of the Sith. So he's definitely hiding out on Tatooine. And from what we know from Obi-Wan Kenobi, he hasn't really done too much, but I wouldn't put it past Star Wars to have some sort of reunion, even if it's just really short or something like in Rebels with 
when he faced off with Maul, how it was like really short. We didn't get a lot of time with him, but we know that Star Wars loves doing this and throwing in. And even if it maybe doesn't make sense, because in our heads, we've always thought Obi-Wan just on Tatooine, you know, now we know that wasn't really the case. Is there a chance for a reunion there, do you think? Like, how cool? I, I don't know. I'm one that I never need cameos, and, like, I'm always a little skeptical about how they're going to how they're gonna do them just with some of the ones that they've done already. But I think that would be a cool touch, if, if even if it was for not that long. I mean, who doesn't want to see Obi-Wan Kenobi, really? <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah. And we always find a reason to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and I will say that <laughs> is that episode in Kenobi where he comes across the 501st clone and he is wary of him, but he's not like, you know, coming at him with his lightsaber. So this is such a reach, but he could have maybe had like a conversation with Cody and they, you know, they made peace. I don't know. But maybe even if yeah. we just get, like, a mention of Cody being like, oh, like, hey, Rex, do you know of any Jedi who survived? Like, just a subtle little, tell me what's up. Like, that would be cool. I think that we're definitely going to have to be on Obi-Wan Watch this season. So we're definitely on Obi-Wan watch me and Kara, which she's, she's off this episode, but she will be back, have done these different watches for a while. We finally hit on Bail Organa last year was the summer of Bail Organa. (laughs) And in this show, even, even last season, we had Grogu watch. I'm always on Chewie watch. And I think there's a decent chance we do actually see Chewie. We do see another Wookiee Jedi in some of the trailers that we've seen. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But for now, anytime that Commander Cody is in, I think we have to be on Obi-Wan watch for sure. I'm really glad Commander Cody's back. I I do think it's going to be really cool when him and Rex meet up. And, and I'm I'm just really ready for Rex to to be back in animation and just see him again because we know he's coming and that's really really exciting so episode three got really really heavy it was really it really was thought provoking it really had a lot of themes it really kind of showed where the empire was and got pretty heavy and then we go to episode four and episode four was Maybe my favorite episode of The Bad Batch yet. I loved it so much. It was pure Star Wars. It wasn't high stakes whatsoever. It was very character driven. It was, you know, we see a lot with Sid. We see a lot with Tech. We get to spend a lot of time with Tech in this episode, which I thought was so cool. What were your episode four reactions? Because I I just, I loved it so much. It was just pure Phantom Menace vibes. And yeah, it was just... It was just fun. It was really fun. And Teo was hilarious. We talked about his parallel to Vader. <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out to... What is her account? It's Friendly Neighborhood Meme Men. Everyone follow her. She's hilarious. She posts the best memes about Star Wars every week. Um, you'll know what I'm talking about if you check out her account. <laughs> Definitely go check that out for sure. <laughs> I'll put it on my story too when this episode releases. (laughs) 
But yeah, Teo was amazing. I want Teo to be in every episode of everything going forward. I love Ben Schwartz. He is so funny and I his voice and his the way that that character was written was just made for each other. It was it was just perfect. I loved how his little head like spun around, it flipped, it could go both sides and I I love how he repeated his his name where he was like he says a bunch of stuff and he walks off he's like tay yo <laughs> it's like that's it's just it's just hilarious i don't know he made me laugh the whole time and then yeah he gets in the wreck they put him back together he's like where's my legs where's my arms which there's your vader uh there's your vader parallel there but then <laughs> we get him we get him talking it was like i could feel it coming when he was going to get hit by one of those vehicles coming by because he kept like inching out and they kept talking and it like the camera kind of zoomed out and it just felt like anytime in a movie when someone gets hit by a bus or like a car or like in solo when the droid comes out and gets hit by the speeder it really felt very solo ish but i just i lost it at that moment i i laughed so much in episode four it had to have been the funniest at least Bad Batch episode that we've seen for sure. Mm-hmm. I actually had no idea that it was coming when he got kept wiped out by the speed. I, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it took yeah. me so off guard. I was just, I was waiting for, I just, I had, I had that feeling <laughs> where I was like, he, he's going to get hit again. And I, and I kind of knew or figured that tech, you know, the, all the signs were leading to like tech having to drive. I, it might've been in one of the trailers too, but uh, how he was like studying the track and and all this stuff where it's like okay it's leading to a big race but yeah Teo I really I really want more Teo I at least want more Ben Schwartz voicing droids any droids that there are because he is so funny and he just plays that role perfectly this episode I put it out there on Twitter but it felt like like an eighties ski like a teen ski movie but it also felt like kind of like a mob movie and it also felt like tron and then it felt like phantom menace and it was like this perfect mix that you could just feel all these different tropes working together where it was it was sid and then it was the big mob boss where he's like oh you're not gonna win this race and if i do then da 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 you know it was like very like whoever races down this hill faster gets to keep the ski lodge or whatever, you know, it was like very much that. But then we get the moment with Sid and him and it's like very mob, like very kind of eerie, kind of scary. So we get all these different feels all within this one episode that just, I don't know, it really did it for me. I just, I, I thought it was so funny. My other favorite part was when they're announcing when tech's getting ready to race and they're announcing all these other really cool droids, which I'm glad they did all these different designs. And they're like, Bosco, the Mad Bomber Bricks, <laughs> Trickster, Flash Raptor, Steel Claw Kane, Quick Draw Quasar, Jet Venom, and Tech. <laughs> and the crowd goes silent. <laughs> and he's just like, Tech? That's 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 all? Te- does he have a last name? Like, just just Tech? Mm-hmm. J- just Tech. And uh, just the, the comedy was... was I, I need to... I should have went back and saw exactly who wrote this episode, but the comedy in this one was just, it was so funny. Yeah. 
And I, I love what you said, how it had like all the elements of different tropes, because that is so Star Wars. Like you see in Mandalorian, like you've got Western and then, you know, you've got all these different like samurai, you've got all these different like elements coming in and then they mix them all together and that's Star Wars. And it's just, that's, it's good, good vibes, good, wholesome Star Wars vibes. Definitely. It was so goofy and and funny and like i said the stakes were really low but coming off and star wars is really good about this too they've done this with the mandalorian they've done this with other things where they'll give you a really really heavy episode and really hit you with a lot of different things and then the next week you'll get frog lady right (laughs) or you'll get something really silly where it it just it's like oh okay this is star like it's star wars it's not it's not all serious all the time. Mm-hmm. It's still funny. And I'm just really glad it, it it's one of those episodes where, and we've talked about like one of our favorite arcs of the Clone Wars, the sunny day in the void arc where it's so goofy and so simple. And it's just so star Wars that I go back and watch that a lot because it's just so it's so fun and it's just, it's goofy and it's, it's star Wars it's got this little tiny alien leading all these droids. And it's just, fun and i feel like this episode is one where i'm gonna go back and watch it again and again because it's just i don't know it just felt very star wars the racing aspect was so fun the sounds were fun um all the different aliens they they threw so many aliens and so many droids in where i just i don't know i loved it i love that you mention a sunny day in the void because i always think about this because that episode four reminded me of that for some reason i don't know why i think it was because as you said like you do get these heavy episodes and then you get like these light and funny episodes, which happen in the Clone Wars as well. And there's like this interview of Dave Filoni when that he was talking about when that this day, a sunny day in the void arc dropped. And he was like, yeah, I remember when it, when it dropped and everyone was like, Oh, a droid arc, like how boring, but like, it's one of the best arcs in the Clone Wars because it is so Star Wars. Like, it's just, you're right. Like, it balances all this heavy, dark, these dark elements, but at the same time, like, you have the light, funny elements, and it's, like, that balance, and I I love it. And George Lucas is on record saying that Sunny Day in the Void is his favorite Clone Wars episode, so we are correct we're We're objectively like correct on this (laughs) for sure so then we get to the the end of episode four and sid okay so last season kara and i talked a lot about sid and especially at the very beginning when we met sid it was can we trust sid i she's very shady obviously she deals with a lot of shady characters there's something there but then at the end of the at, at the end of season one it was like, oh yeah, they can. I mean, they've been working with her all all season. Of course, they can trust her. She's paying them all this money to do all these things, and then we get right back at it. You know, with the first couple episodes here where they're doing a job for Sid, and then we get to the end of episode four, and the mob boss Grinny Malegi. I don't know if I'm saying that. I don't even know if they say his name in it, but that's his name. He pulls the Bad Batch aside, Tech Wrecker and Omega. Aside, he's like, hey, you three, watch your backs. You can't trust Sid. Obviously, this guy we're programmed not to like because he was kind of the, the antagonist of this episode. But 
it still puts in question Sid's dealings. And we get a couple looks with Sid about her past, like something's weird. And I don't know. Can we trust Sid? What do you think? Is she still like on the fence? Do you trust her? We spent a lot of time with her. You know, we've seen a lot of good that she's been able to help out the Bad Batch with, but I don't know. There's something, I feel like they're setting something up with her. Yeah, I agree. And yes, there is that moment where the mob boss says, uh, I'm not going to try and say his name. Um, he says, you you can't trust her, but you do have that moment in the episode between um, her and him, Sid and him. And he, and she says like, you know, like she's kind of alluding to the fact that she's trying to change. So it does make you question about well, where has she come from? Cause we don't really know a lot about her past. I, me, wants everyone to be a hero I think that she will I think she is trying to change and it might be because she is seeing like how loyal the bad batch can be not only to her but like for each other she's seeing oh you know maybe I am capable of that because I think you could probably assume that Sid's character and the way that she carries herself she's probably come from a background of like a lot of betrayal um and she's can only kind of rely and trust in herself and she's struggling also like in the this time of the galaxy like people don't know what's going to happen and she's trying to you know she's trying to survive in this climate so I don't know I don't I don't think I can see her like intentionally betraying them but I could see her like if something happened where you know she needs to make a deal where she kind of has to like betray them for her own sake, I could see her doing that. Like I could see that selfishness coming from her, but I don't think that deep down she wants to just throw them to the lions because, you know, just for fun. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. I think we've spent enough time with her to believe that she does care about them too. And she's not only just using them. Like she likes them, even though she gives them a lot of crap for things, but yeah, I don't know. They also introduced Fee in in the first episode, played by Wanda Sykes, and it was a very small interaction, but it seemed like if you're going to get Wanda Sykes to voice a character, that character is going to come back and, and have some sort of role. So maybe her and Sid get up to something, or maybe Sid gets in debt. Like, something's going to happen there. I don't, I don't know. I just think it's really cool that we have all these different storylines that we can spend some time here, spend some time there, and you know we'll see where it all comes to a head in the end because that's kind of how they set everything up last year, and it was such a great last couple of episodes. So excited to see what happens with Sid. But you're right; they're all just trying to make it at this point. It's everything's up for grabs, and the Empire's taking over, and things are getting really, really bad. And they're going to be really, really bad for a long time too. Is the thing like we're really far off from rebels you know mm-hmm. and we're really far off from a new hope there's a lot of time that has to pass so yeah i don't know i'm excited for for more sid i really like her character she's very interesting to me yeah another thing before we forget tech's a badass now is tech a bad like how cool was he in that episode yes i never knew that i needed tech to say I need more speed. <laughs> like I didn't know I needed that. And they said that I was like, 
tech, you're awesome. Like, this is so cool. He was amazing in that race. And then at the end, everyone's cheering for him, chanting his name. And he just kind of looks up and like, you know, gives a small wave and, and they're like, wow, you did it. And he's like, you seem surprised. Like, of course I did it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I do. I do love that because like, despite him being like this brave hero, he's still like a hundred percent himself. Like, he's like, what? Like, what do you think I was going to do? Not race. Like, he's so <laughs> casual about it. But yeah, I have seen people who were like diehard tech fans being like, yes, we won. We won. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because we get so much like super nerdy tech. Mm-hmm. That's all we've really known for so long. But there are like a bunch of tech stands. <laughs> and uh, I, I saw it really good. It was either on a tweet or on Instagram. It was like <laughs> tech take off your goggles just for one minute. I just need to see something real quick. <laughs> that made me laugh. That oh was a good God. one. But yeah. I love that. Yeah. Tech's a badass now. I'm, I'm glad we got that episode with tech because I feel like he, a lot of times he doesn't get that moment too. Mm-hmm. So to give him this like really heroic, very cool moment was, was so fun to see. I, I am Hunter in season one was always my favorite. I loved his dynamic with Omega. I am ready now that we're four episodes in to kind of get back to that too and see that hunter specifically hunter and omega relationship we haven't spent a, t- a lot of time with just those two but you know it's coming they were so close in season one he taught her a lot of things they had some really deep talks and i think we're getting we'll, we'll be getting that and i am ready to see that because i love that father-daughter dynamic of Hunter, who's obviously never been a father, Omega, who's never been a child, and they're trying to figure it out together on what's the best path forward. So I'm ready for that for sure. I'm ready for more Hunter. Um, But that was, I'm so glad we got that tech moment. He's so cool now. Yeah. And I do love how, even though the first few episodes we had the whole crew together, I do like how they've kind of splitting it up like we had um episode three with crosshair and then episode four just with tech wrecker and omega i liked how they're kind of i guess breaking it up um then i think it'll make those moments where we do see hunter and omega together they'll be really impactful definitely is there any other speculation that you have for the rest of the season? Where do you see the season going? How do you see this? We haven't, they haven't given us a lot. We've gotten some little snapshots shots here of the Wookiee, the, you know, Gungi, you know, with the lightsaber. And we've seen some really cool shots from later in the season, but we really don't know where this story. And even after four episodes, we really don't know. You know, we just know that the Bad Batch is trying to find their place and some of them really want to fight and do what's right and get in the war. And at the same time, they're like, well, it'd also be nice to just escape and not have to worry about it. So we don't have any, there's no hint at where the Bad Batch ends up. You mm-hmm. know, we've never seen them post the series in anything. So it could literally go any direction. Yeah, I think what I one thing I'd like to see just selfishly is Crosshair like just taking out Rampart in some way. Like I just want them yeah. to like have a fight. Um but you mentioned Gunji, I think that's how like the Wookiee Jedi. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I have like a thing for Quinlan Voss. And so you know how you have like your your Smith's watch, like Quinlan Voss yeah. to me is like 
oh, I could go on and on about him. And so, again, (laughs) me bringing it back to Kenobi, when we got the mention of him, I was, like, so convinced that the next episode was going to be, like, Obi-Wan and Quinlan, like, going off on this adventure, like, Quinlan was helping Leia. Like, I was so convinced that it was going to be a segue into that. But now that you mentioned Gunji, I was like, oh, my God. Quinlan, like there could be a connection yeah. with Quinlan. Um, but yeah, that's just my brain going into overdrive thinking about all the different cameos that we could get. It's official. We're on Quinlan Watch <laughs> now. <laughs> They, I feel like they're going to bring him in at some point in some way. They have to. I, I, I just feel like there's always, in everything there is, there's always the possibility that he could show up. I just feel like it has to happen at some point. I don't, I don't know. They got the name drop finally in Obi-Wan, but yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be cool to see when they finally bring him onto the screen. Yeah, I mean, all the new shows like Mandalorian and stuff, and Bad Batch, I think they're made not only to like entertain us, but they are made to like fill in these gaps that we haven't seen. And they do, or they are like intertwining with each other, I guess. Um, so, you know, we, we like to see cameos is all, is all I'm saying. <laughs> and they love to give them. So yeah. <laughs> I would not be, I would not be surprised at all. We'll see. I don't know. I'm really excited. This the first four episodes were great. I'm so glad that this crew is back. It's it's just been a lot of fun. I know that there's a lot of adventures. I I like that they're sticking to the season one recipe of okay, they're gonna do some serious stuff here, and then we're gonna have a couple goofy episodes that they'll just do some like little side missions. I know that people, you know, I think people especially now are really wired to want like answers and what's the point of this or what's how does this tie into this and how does it tie into that but i don't think that that's always the best way to go and i think that this show really shows you that that it's just it's okay to take your time have fun and just be what star wars always has been and especially it's exactly what the clone wars did for all of their seasons, we, we had kind of the same recipe. I'm glad they're really sticking with that. Um, I don't need anything mind blowing to come out of the Bad Batch. <laughs> like, I just want to have fun with it. It's a weekly show, and it's fun to have that 20 minutes and then talk about it a little bit. And I'm just really glad they're they're sticking with that for this season as well. I think that's all we got, Abby. Thank you so much for coming back on. I'm sure you will get in that Five Timers Club very soon. <laughs> Um, we have more Bad Batch coming up very soon. We have The Mandalorian, which the Mandalorian trailer just came out, the second trailer, and I am so ready for The Mandalorian. I just, I, I just have a really good feeling about this season. I loved season one, love season two, but I just, I think that this season, just what we've seen, it's just gonna blow our minds. It looks really large scale too as far as like the worlds that we're going to see and and some of the battles that we're going to see and possibly an order 66 callback that they can't stop showing us order 66 it's i I think whenever 
they started making these shows, it was like in some contract that they have to show it in every single show. So I think we've seen it in everything except for Andor, which makes sense because that's not really has anything to do with, you know, the Jedi or anything, but we keep seeing it over and over. And we talked about this and not to get like too Mandalorian, Mandalorian E on this uh, Bad Batch show, but if we're seeing Order 66 as we think it is, which there's speculation that that might not have been an Order 66 scene where they're coming through, like someone's coming through the door with the Jedi there. It could be maybe like the Mandalorian, something or other. But if we do see Order 66 and we see someone coming through that door, it has to be Hayden, right? As Darth Vader. I mean, they, they have Hayden in everything now, which I'm on board with. Could be Hayden cameo there. Mm-hmm. Hayden, Hayden watch. Hayden watch. Yes, for yeah. sure. Because we know he's going to be in Ahsoka. Like that's, that's right. very, it's very out there, but that would be crazy if they brought him into the Mandalorian somehow. But in, you know, the obvious answer, I think the easy answer for seeing that scene is Grogu's in the temple. How does Grogu get out? That kind of thing. But yeah, it could be something totally different where we see these Jedi, you know, there's the, the first Mandalorian Jedi, there's, you know, Clan Vizsla, like the Darksaber. Maybe it has something to do with that, too. It could be... that. That is, like, wow, I didn't think of that. You're so right. That could be, like, is it's Clan Vizsla, isn't it, that, like, liberated the Darksaber from the Jedi Temple? Because yeah, that, that so would could be, be so insane. Like, because when I saw that, I was like, come on, Dave. Like, how many times can you show us this? Yeah. How many angles yeah. We're traumatized. do we need? How many fonts do we need to see this over and over again? Like, we barely even saw it in Revenge of the Sith, and that was enough for me. If that was, yeah. like, the Mandalorians liberating the Darksaber scene, oh, that would be so It'd cool. Be insane. That would be so cool. It would make a lot of sense. Right, yeah, it would. It would make a lot of sense just with Din... Our hero, the Mandalorian, is technically what the ruler of Mandalore. He has the dark saber. Like, what's going to happen with that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm really excited. We'll we'll keep that for for a future episode for sure. Um, we'll we'll talk more Mandalorian and maybe speculate on that before it comes out. And definitely we'll cover it on this show. But yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, very exciting. But I'm going to reel it in before we spend like an hour on the Mandalorian here. <laughs> Good because I was like, I have so many things to say, and I'm just gonna keep it together. <laughs> we, we need to we need to schedule a uh, an episode just for that soon. But yes, that that is our bad batch discussion <laughs> episodes one through four. So glad it's back, Abby. Thanks again for coming back on. This was so fun. Can you tell the people where they can find you? I am only on Instagram. Um, I'm at Star Wars Parallels. That is me yeah the best account on instagram i say it every time <laughs> but um if you're listening to this show i'm sure you're already following but if not get on that now because yeah your stuff is so cool thanks you can find the show also on instagram at force time pod you can find us on twitter at force time pod if you enjoy the show leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts and until next time may the force be with you Yeah.